0: good afternoon boxing fans around the world back again on combat talk radio found at combattalkradio.net with a our weekend of boxing updates here feel free to check us out once again the site is combattalkradio.net. leave us some comments questions suggestions feedback on how we're doing and we will get right into our weekend of boxing all right a little bit tardy on the updates here it should still get to you today but Let's go ahead and crash through our fights for the weekend. We got a couple of exciting fights. This won't take too long. I had to school a couple of people on social media who don't listen when I have a great video. And they don't, they, I'm actually putting them over and they think I'm trashing them when I'm not. And then they look like idiots. So at the top of the billing here, of course, this is on Showtime. The return of Danny Swift Garcia. And it looks like he's starting to go bald on the top center. And he's gonna be fighting Jose Benavides Jr., who's making his return after a very unimpressive win. I'm very familiar with both fighters, having followed their careers. I'm very disappointed in Benavides for getting a man bun, because the only man bun I accept is Sebastian Formella. Regardless, this is at 154. This is the debut for Danny Garcia at 154. I believe Benavides' last fight was at 154. Or he might be making 154 debut. Regardless, Neither guy has real extensive experience at 154, and this is really a test for Danny Garcia, see where he is. I think people, they're not giving him very much credit. He's actually a very solid fighter. Motivation is his problem. He seems to lose motivation in the firefights, and he's only ever lost to the top. I'm talking legit on-the-record losses. I'm not talking the questionable ones with Peterson Herrera. I'm talking on-the-books losses. He's only ever lost to the top. Who did he lose to? Errol Spence, Keith, Once Upon a Time Thurman, and Showtime, Sean Porter. I think that's pretty damn good uh, for a fighter. Now he's getting a little bit up there in age, and he certainly did not carry his power up 140 that he had, where he was literally destroying guys. It seemed like 147 was a not a step down because he's still a durable fighter. Far as I can recall, he's never been dropped. Uh, he's obviously never been beaten, uh, other than those three, and he's not been knocked out or any of that because you know the losses were always a decision. So he's always he's always been durable. He's always been strong, even against the strongest punchers. At 147, the question is, if he didn't have his power when he went up to 147, how is he supposed to have power going up to 154? That's an open question. Now, Danny Swift has way more experience than Jose Benavides, so on paper, you would expect Danny Garcia is going to blow this guy out. Jose Benavides, of course, has a leg injury. He was shot in the leg, and that played factor into him losing to Terrence Crawford. I had Benavides getting close to evening that out before Ultimately, his leg gave out, and he couldn't go any further. And Benavides hasn't really been the same since he got shot in the leg. He's still a solid fighter, well-rounded, tall, lanky, rangy, but that leg holds him back. And to me, it means he can't get out of the way of fire, right? So then Danny Swift, he's going to be looking for the no-look hook, no-look left hook, or no-look hook, as I call it. And he might be able to land it at will. And then the question is, will Benavides be able to take it? Will he be able to get out of the way? That's kind of the story of the fight. Now, with Benavides, he has such a significant reach advantage and height advantage from my eyes that that may play factor into what we see. Danny seemed to have filled in to 154 well. It's just his power didn't carry up. So it's going to be an interesting fight for however long that lasts. On the same card, we've got the return of uh, Adam Kanaki. He's fighting a guy I've never heard of, Uh, I haven't, I'm aware of Kanaki. I haven't really followed him because he he doesn't really interest me as a fighter to be honest he doesn't really like he doesn't really have a lot of fights and he's getting up in age but he hasn't really gotten very many fights he hasn't really gotten very much showcase uh he does have presence right height reach you know but he doesn't stand out in the crowd he's coming off of a dq loss he's and then previous to that he got stopped so i'm not overly impressed frankly with him that's why I don't really rate the fight. I mean, for people that are interested in just boxing matches, it's certainly something to pay attention to and see um, where he where he goes from here. Or if uh, Demarais, which, like I said, I've never heard of this guy, and he doesn't have very many fights under his belt, certainly less than Kanaki. Looks like he debuted just six years ago. Uh, he's not that young, so he started late. He's already lost one, so I don't I don't rate him at all. He's coming off a loss. It's not the kind of fight I would be interested in myself. I guess it's really more to showcase Kanaki's return than anything else. And then uh, the final fight that's happening that I'm aware of anyway, there could be other ones again, because sometimes they go under the radar, but this one's going to be an exciting one. I think Uh, Gary Antoine Russell. So this is not Mr. Gary Russell Jr. This is Gary Antoine Russell. He's going to be fighting Rancis Bartholomew. Rancis Bartholomew is a very solid fighter. I believe he used to be on the money team when that was a thing. But ever since that dropped off, he hasn't really stepped up in my eyes the way I would like him to have. He he's a solid fighter. He just doesn't he doesn't really excite the, the crowd. He he tends to stink out joints. And I don't know why that is, Frankly, I don't know what it is, because if you look at him like in the pressers or in his workouts and scrums, he looks like he should be like a, a standout guy, but he doesn't when he gets in the ring, that's when it just kind of all falls out. And I don't I don't know what that's all about. As far as Bartholomew, if you're not aware of Bartholomew, um, Kiro Relic. So what happened here is when I'm pretty sure it was Bartholomew that fought Kiro Relic, and I, I had that fight to be a robbery. I felt like Relic deserved to win. That was in 2017, and then they did the rematch, and Relic completely beat him. And I again, I felt like Relic deserved to get his hand raised that first time. That's the only time that Rancis has lost was against, that, was against Kiro Relic he had a split draw with uh, Bunny, Robert Easter Jr. Uh, that was a boring, in my mind, it was a boring fight. wasn't really worth it. seemed like Bunny was on a decline and didn't know what happened there. Uh, and then he came back against a guy named Rivera and got an easy win. And Rivera wasn't a terrible <laughs> fighter, but he certainly wasn't a standout fighter. Um, but it was a decent win for what it is. Bartelli a good fighter overall, A point. Now getting into Mr. Gary Antoine Russell. Gary Antoine Russell really impresses me. There's something about this guy. I think he has it, you know, NSB and in other places. They overrate like Crawford and boots and you know, all this to me, Gary Antoine Russell is the picture of what I would expect as the guy that should be spotlight on him because of the way he gets it done. He is what I like. Everybody talks about boots. I'm not impressed by boots because he's either hitting behind the head or doing something else or eating punches flush on the chin or something else. Where I'm just not impressed with the dude. Gary Antoine Russell's not that. He's a he's only 26, he's a youngish kid. He started a little bit late. He's got hundred percent knockout ratio so far. He's not highly ranked yet, which is to me unfair to him. Because I think that again, if this was truly, you know, a drawn ennis, they would have had him number one pound for pound. Even though Gary Antoine Russell, arguably to me, is a better stylistic fighter. Overall, that's, that's my eyes on this guy and what I've seen of him. So if you haven't seen his fights, I do recommend that you do. You're not going to be too impressed with the names other than his most recent, which was Victor Paul Stahl in February. And that was kind of a questionable stoppage, according to public opinion. I didn't have a problem with it, but I said in that, when I covered it, I said that Paul Stahl was going to be distracted because his family's back in the Ukraine And that's what I saw. That was what I saw of him. He didn't seem like he was all the way there. And as a result, he was taking punches he shouldn't have. And then the ref stopped him. And yes, stopped him on his feet. And he wasn't really hurt, but it was a legit stoppage all the way around. And arguably the best win of Gary Antoine Russell's uh, entire resume. Most of the other people that he fought, you wouldn't even know most of the people that are there, which isn't a ding on him because he can only fight who's in front of him. Point is, though, that by beating Paul Stahl, he really earned this step up because Rancis Bartholomew is a step up, certainly, not only in just level, like skill, quality, class, but also just in, it's a test for him. It's a true test for him. Although Bartholomew's older by a wide margin, he's a lot more experienced. Like uh, Gary Antoine has only had, I think he had like 30, you know, some, well, he's had 15 fights, but you know, only 40-ish rounds total because he, you know, he knocks him out and stops him and gets him out of there. So he hasn't had a lot of round experience. Whereas Rancis Bartholomew has a significant amount of experience being a 36-year-old, I think it's going to play into factor in the fight. And I think this is a fight that, you know, I don't think Rancis is going to make it an exciting fight. I don't. I, if it's going to be made exciting, it's going to be coming from Gary Antoine Russell. I'm saying to you guys right here, right now, if you watch any fight this weekend, I do think that Danny Garcia versus Jose Benavides Jr. is worth watching. I just don't think it's going to be anything surprising. Gary Antoine Russell versus Rancis Bartlemy, I'm not going to say it's a toss-up. This is one where I feel like Gary Antoine is going to completely blow out Rancis Bartlemy despite the experience, and then he won't get the credit for a dominant win. That's my gut speaking. I could get it completely wrong because I'm really I'm really big on the guy. And he's humble. He's very humble. He's very level-headed, he's not into jacked-up stuff. He's nowhere near like his brother, Mr. Gary Russell Jr. He's a lot more level-headed, he's a lot more reasonable, and he understands that, you know, people kind of felt sketchy about the last outcome of Victor Paul Stahl, but he was the first to stop Victor Paul Stahl. It's in the books. If we're going to give Crawford credit for stopping Sean Porter when really he didn't do much to cause that stoppage, it was Kenny that did, we need to give Gary Antoine his credit for stopping Victor Paul Stahl, even though, his family situation is probably why it happened. So I I want consistency. I know I'm not going to get it, but that's how I feel about it. That's our fights that I'm aware of this weekend. There's a lot, probably a bunch of other ones that are on like undercards or something other. I didn't see them there, but feel free to ping if you do see a thing. There's apparently the return of Daria Vinchenko, but I think that one got rescheduled. He was supposed to come back against, I believe it's Michael Conley. But I think that one got rescheduled. I'm not 100 sure. I don't see it on the active docket. And then there's some regional ones: uh, Billum Smith versus uh, Isaac Chamberlain. That's in the Commonwealth. That's on Fight TV out in um, Dorset, UK, at the uh, Burnmouth International. Uh, Josh Kelly and Bastida. I don't know who Bastida is. I do know Josh Kelly. Uh, that's at Newcastle in the in the uh, Virta Motors Arena. That one I don't even know what the I don't even know what the like the platform, I've never even heard of the platform of this guy. And then allegedly, one of the Eubanks, I believe this is Harlem Eubank, um, was returning on that undercard. But I can't see exactly if that's specifically on this uh, card because it's not on Showtime. So I'm only seeing ones that are on a mainstream network. And then I'm only talking about the ones that are not the regional ones, but like the world level fights. So there are a smattering of other fights. Now, next weekend is going to be a little bit more exciting. we got the return of Virgil Ortiz Jr. He's fighting Michael McKinson. That fight was supposed to happen before. And Michael McKinson ended up fighting somebody else and stinking out the joint. Virgil Ortiz had a medical situation. He's better now. So it's going to be good to see him back. And that's happening out in Texas on zone. We're going to see Jake Paul, who's the current draw in boxing, fighting Haseen Rahman Jr., son of a legend. They've sparred before. They have some beef. So this is the first time Jake Paul's going to be fighting a boxer. So all eyes are on him to see what's going on there. Return of Amanda Serrano. She's fighting Carabao Hall. Uh, I don't know anything about Carabao Hall myself. And then he's got a couple of people on his undercard, like uh, Brandon Lee at lightweight. So that was going to be exciting. Uh, Lee, uh, excuse me, not Liam, Dalton Smith. He's making a comeback. That's regional at Sheffield couple of guys I've never heard of. Again, Michael Conlon and Miguel Mariaga, howling uh, Ireland. That's happening as well next weekend. So next weekend's going to be a little bit more stacked, a little bit more exciting. I think we're going to see more knockouts for sure. Next weekend, as that's a stacked zone card. That's our weekend of boxing. We'll check back in. I'm probably, I'll probably check out the outcome, certainly for Russell and Barthelomew. I'm not sure on Garcia Benavides feels like it's a foregone conclusion, but maybe I'll just check in the aftermath. And then if I saw that there was something significant in what I saw, then I'll do a post probably on Saturday or maybe even late Sunday. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Combat Talk Radio, Masterpiece Boxing, found at combattalkradio.net. I want to thank you for listening today, whether you are a subscriber or not. I know you have choices, and I appreciate you for being here. Just to remind those that are new to the show, Combat Talk Radio records every Friday, so once a week in the Pacific time zone. And then Lifeblood of Boxing series, which is our coverage of the boxers I think are worth your time and give to the sport. That's once per month. It does not have a fixed schedule, but once a month I'll have a release until I run out of ones that I think are worth covering for Lifeblood of Boxing. So those are our two programs. It is podcast only at this point. We want to hear from you. So combat at the bottom, hit comments, feedback, let us know how we're doing. If there's anything that you'd like to see us adjust or improve, we want to hear from you and we are open to that feedback. We also are open to starting up the YouTube again, but it seemed like that died off when Lomachenko took a loss and we don't know why. So if somebody knows why, or they'd like to hear the YouTube coverage, let us know that as well in the comments and we are open to doing it. We just need to make sure the fans are there right now. They're on the podcast not on the YouTube for whatever reason specific. We're open either way. Anyhow, that'll do it, and I will see you guys next week.